now I, I can feel when it starts to happen and it happens at multiple places for me. Sometimes um, I, it'll happen in my car and I think when that happens, it's in specific spots on roads where there have been accidents, where things have happened to people. So I think it's driving like a specific highway. I will get a specific hit at a certain spot. Um, there's also times when I will immediately start to smell something in the car, like pancakes or maple syrup or popcorn or certain things where they're trying to get my attention and they'll bring in a smell. Um, it has happened to me multiple times driving where I'll get that sensation and I have to really take a deep breath and have the conversation that you're not allowed to do that right now. So it's time once again to meet yet another family member. There must be something strange going on with my family. Anyway, this is my Aunt Lisa. She is one of my mom's younger sisters, and she'll get into her backstory a little bit here, but what she does now is she does what she refers to as shamanic body works, which is basically massage work that uses energy in a way that helps heal the body. It's pretty interesting. It's, it's pretty electric. She also does a lot of work with my mom with paranormal events at places like the Palmer House, which we've talked about, and then some other stuff like that. So without any further ado, we're going to let Lisa tell this story. By the way, I'm Ryan, and this is Strange Transmissions. My background, ever since I was very small, have always experienced spirits um, from a very young age, starting at about two, and would see them in my room, would basically hear them talking, multiple, multiple spirits all at once, which at that age is slightly terrifying. So um, as I got older, I pretty much think I blocked a lot of that out and basically tried to forget those times because they were very scary. I was not your typical child. I remember some things, some things I don't, so it's it was a time that wasn't very settling for me as a young child. So I, as I got older, I think I kind of blocked a lot of that stuff out, so. I ran around the house a lot, turning on the lights, and freaking out all my siblings, um, would write in the middle of the night. I would get up sometimes and write things and spell things backwards. And I had two imaginary friends that were imaginary to everybody but me. Uh, their names were Crystal and Lena. They did everything with me. They went everywhere with me. Again, not making the siblings and my parents very happy because six kids crammed in a station wagon that had to make room for Crystal and Lena to sit <laughs> made it a little difficult and they also got to sit at the dinner table and they lived under my bed in a shoebox. I could tell you exactly what they look like to this day. One was blonde and one was dark hair 
and they basically were now looking back actual spirits and I believe from the fairy realm that took care of me and protected me. So at what point did you, you said you blocked a lot of that out, at what point did you um, maybe become, like, become reinterested? That was around the age of 19, 18, 19. I was um, dating someone who was suddenly killed in a hit-and-run car accident. Um, they never found out who hit and killed him, and that was on uh, Highway 94. And I did not know that my boyfriend had been killed. He, he wasn't my boyfriend at that time. He was a, an earlier boyfriend, but we had remained friends for quite some time. Um, Months after I found out that Greg was killed, he appeared in my bedroom and was standing as plain as day in my doorway talking to me. And I thought I was going absolutely nuts and got up terrified, uh, ran upstairs, woke up my mom and dad and, you know, trying to explain what I had just seen. And, of course, everybody just kind of thinks you're crazy, you know, back then. So um, that's when I kind of knew. And I had wrangled some of the sisters and had a conversation and said, you know, this is not pretend. And things are very strong. I can sense it. I, I knew I could hear them. Uh, he repetitively kept coming back, and I think that's because I was very sad about him not being there and not being at his funeral in his wake, and he was trying to reassure me that that was okay and that he was still with me. So, And after that, I had conversations with him and told him that that was perfectly great that he was with me, but I would prefer that he would come in a different form. And I asked him to appear to me as a hawk. And that has been something that has been very prevalent in my life ever since. So after that, we, I started um, talking with Suzanne a lot about taking classes and really starting to delve back into learning about ghosts and spirits and how to use your gifts. So that's when we started really studying and trying to hone in on my skills and and understand that it is a gift and that it's not something to be afraid of. So, I've heard that you have a hitchhiker story. Yes, I do. Before you get into the Not story, one of my favorite stories. Can you explain what a hitchhiker is? Yes. A uh, spiritual hitchhiker is actually when spirit enters into your auric field and can literally take over your human body. Uh, seven, Probably seven years ago, I was driving up to the cabin by myself and had my dog with me, just me and Chloe, driving in the car, and I stopped in Hinkley and grabbed some uh, McDonald's or something and got back on the road 
and I made it to about a little bit before McGregor and I started to feel funny and I thought this is weird my left arm started to tingle and that was the first thing that was strange I thought maybe it was the way I was driving and so I moved my arms different and all of a sudden I started to get hot and so I had the windows down then I put the air on then all of a sudden I was sweating profusely sweating and my heart started palpitating and I thought oh my god I'm gonna have a heart attack and I'm on the highway big stretch getting where there aren't many cars and I pulled over and I got out and I let the dog out and took some deep breaths and thought okay this is so weird I don't know if it's what I ate or what so I got back in the car and thought I'm you know not I'm only not even an hour 45 minutes to the cabin I'll be fine and I knew that Suzanne and Chuck were coming up behind me they were like an hour behind me so I thought you know okay so I got back in the car and started back down the highway and the next thing I knew it had escalated so bad within a matter of minutes that I truly believed I was having a heart attack so I pulled over at a gas station and walked in and said, can you call me an ambulance? I think I'm having a heart attack. And will you watch my dog? Because I had my dog in the car. And they said, are, are you serious? And I said, yes, I think I'm dying. Called 911. Um, the ambulance showed up and they took my blood pressure and it was off the charts and I was still sweating and couldn't feel my left arm and they threw me in the ambulance and the people at the gas station took my dog <laughs> and um, off I went to the hospital and was there getting multiple tests and blood work and you name it and I had called my dad while waiting for the ambulance I couldn't get a hold of my husband and I couldn't get a hold of Suzanne or Chuck so I called my dad and said I'm in an ambulance up in McGregor I'm going to the hospital I think I'm dying and dad was like okay and I said <laughs> That's a tough response. totally dad's response and I said well try to get a hold of Suzanne and Chuck and let them know where I'm at. Eventually, Suzanne got a hold of me. I was in the hospital hooked up to everything, and she finally got a hold of me on my cell phone and said, you're not having a heart attack. You're fine. I'll work on you. We're on our way up. We're coming up behind you. We'll be there in an you know, hour. So I laid in the hospital, and the lady from the nurse kept coming in, checking on me, and she said, oh, your blood pressure is going down. Are you feeling better? And I said, it's okay. My sister's working on me remote. It's fine. I'm going to be fine. <laughs> so um, she just thought I was crazy. And they kept telling me that I would had, would, was in the process of having a panic attack was their diagnosis. So finally, Suzanne and Chuck got to the cabin, picked me up, or got to the hospital and picked me up. And we went and picked up my dog. I graciously 
gave the two gals at the gas station money and thanked them and told them to go have dinner on me. And off we went to the cabin. I still wasn't feeling super great. Um, we got up to the cabin and had a couple of cocktails and thought, well, that was strange. I don't know. That was weird. And eventually went to bed and got up in the morning. And I sat up in the morning and knew that something was still not right. Suzanne had gotten up and poured a cup of coffee, and I looked at her and I said, there's really something wrong with me. I'm, I don't feel like myself. I'm, I'm not me. And she said, can you shut up? I'm just poured a cup of coffee. I'm not working on you right now. <laughs> so, sisterly love. And so, I, after a few minutes, I kept saying, no, I'm serious. There's really something wrong with me. So she said, fine, fine. So we started working. I was laying on a, a couch. And so I was kind of leaned up against the wall. And... Suzanne started to work, and the more she started to work, the stronger I could feel that there literally was a spirit in my body. I, I don't know how else to explain that other than it literally felt like a person sitting on top of my entire body. The more that we worked, we were asking questions trying to figure out who this person was and why were they basically invading my space. And the more that Suzanne talked and I talked and, and we got information, we just had to explain to this spirit that it was time for him to go and that it was time for him to cross over and that he wasn't allowed to be in my space. Now you have to remember this is back when I still didn't know exactly that this could happen so I wasn't prepared for it um, as Suzanne worked and helped him cross my arm and my legs were up against the wall and I could feel the pull of the spirit literally come out of the side of my body and, and leave and cross friend up there we didn't have fancy phones you know so he had a phone that had good service and we were telling him about what had happened and he googled the St. Paul Pioneer Press obituaries and because we had Suzanne could see what the person looked like and knew about his age it ended up pulling up a picture exactly of the young gentleman that it was. He was a U of M student that had been killed and his body was found 
not even a half a mile down the block from my house. pick up energies everywhere. Again, I think you can do that going into a restaurant. You can do that at a bar. You can do that anywhere. And I think, especially in our jobs, in our daily lives, and I just am more conscious of when I start to feel that way, where other people say, I'm having a crabby day, or I'm having, oh, I'm, I am so tired. But could that be? Absolutely it could be. It could not be a full-blown hitchhiker, but it could just be an energy transference, which is also very, very happens every day. I mean, energy transference is when your energy field, your auric field, enters in with somebody else's. And that's, no. again, it's like when you meet somebody and you say, Oh my God, that guy's so cool. They just put off that good vibe. Or, ooh, that guy's kind of an ass because you know what? He just rubs me the wrong way and I only talk to him. That's how you're feeling their energy. So if those energies aren't the same, can that transference happen? Yeah, that might not be a full-blown hitchhiker, but it's still energy transference. I choose to believe that when we cross to the other side that anybody can talk to their loved ones I I know a lot of people chalk that up to coincidence and to oh I was you know thought of my mom today and saw that flower well those are signs those are symbols those are things so it's not something that necessarily people that have to be gifted to do this kind of stuff everybody can do it it's just a matter of being conscious of what signs spirits giving you so I don't think it's it's that it's they're they're trying to bother me. I just think that I put out like a beacon that says, "Oh, hey, she can she can do this really easily." But I think everybody can do it. I truly believe that. So there are some people who like hear these kinds of stories or they hear about like specific haunted places and they're like oh that's so cool like I want that to happen to me be very careful what you wish for I think that you need to be really careful we grew up in a funeral home and that was a place where I spent a lot of time when we were little again we were raised in, in an environment where our father is a mortician and that's a respectful job and it's super important that you respect death and dying and people that have crossed for people that are going out and doing things like that remember that that's someone's loved one and that that was somebody's mom or somebody's dad or somebody's brother or sister and that that's or some real angry guy or a really angry guy <laughs> But, again, I think it's, it's the respect that you have to have. So on that note, from what I'm getting from this is 
McDonald's is a catalyst for a hitchhiker. <laughs> Maybe. I guess I guess he was a referral. Somebody when Suzanne asked him why he came to me, he said he was sent as a he got a referral. So somewhere in the translation of us having the conversation with this spirit, he was referred to come see me because he couldn't cross. Unbeknownst to me, as I'm driving to the cabin, he just decided to basically jump into my body. He did cross over. I felt a lot better, but I learned a very hard lesson that you really need to be careful with spirit and that hitchhikers are real. I think it's important for people to understand when they're going out and doing things like spirit searches or going to haunted places and going to cemeteries and going to Walmart and anywhere that you go or going to a bar that spirit is everywhere and it's very important to protect yourself and to learn how to bubble your your own energy field so that things like that don't happen because it's very real and it was very very scary have noticed it's been a while since our last episode and just want to say it's been a pretty hectic summer as far as traveling music jobs buying houses things like that but rest assured we are excited to move forward and get some more episodes out just bear with us here we got a lot of stuff to comb through got some really neat stuff coming your way and also we'd like to give one more plug for our live event that we're planning it will be in January now instead of November, but uh, plans are coming together. People are coming forward. So if you live in the Twin Cities area or are willing to travel to the Twin Cities area and would like to tell your story on stage accompanied by some of our cool, creepy sounds, some other stuff, some live music, uh, just drop us a line either through our website, www.strangetransmissions.com, or on Facebook at Strange Transmissions Podcast or Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to get a couple more stories. We've got some good ones so far. It should be a pretty fun event. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. Bye.